You wanted to be a member of the most powerful clique in school. Dear diary, Heather said she teaches people real life. You were nothing before you met me. You were a Girl Scout cookie. Does it not bother you that everybody in this school thinks that you're a piranha? I could give a shit. You a Heather? No, I'm a Veronica. I don't really like my friends. I don't really like your friends either. There are people I work with and our job is being popular. Maybe it's time to take a vacation. I just killed my best friend. And your worst enemy. Same difference. a body count. This is a tragic thing. Hallelujah. We scare people into not being assholes. What did you say, dickhead? <laughs> I did not want them dead. You did too. Did not. You did too. not. Shut up. I love my dead gay son. You were out of control. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I love this movie. I'm excited to talk about it. I do, too. I really love this movie. Mm -hmm. I have a long, long history with it. Oh, man. I love Heather's. Well, ladies and gentlemen and everybody in between, uh, listeners, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And And these these are are the the movies movies that that made made us gay. So, yeah, we got to our Heathers episode. Yes, we, watched we got Heathers, Heathers, released March 31st, 1989, yes. directed by Michael Lyman, written by Daniel Waters, with friend of the pod, Golden Gunville. Yay. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. So you reached out wanting to do Heathers, which is perfect because I feel like this has always been on the long list, and we just yes. hadn't found a guest to do it with. So... We're excited to talk about Heather's with you. Awesome, me too. This is a uh, been a long time coming, as I'm sure you know. But um, this is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So if anybody asks me like an all time favorite list, this is always on there. Yeah, good. I feel like it's a movie that is one of my favorite movies, but I tend to forget about it, and then I'll revisit it and just be like, "Fuck, man, Heather's is great." <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any other movie that I find so quotable, other than maybe Mean Girls. Now, oh right, yeah, right. I was just thinking as we were talking about that right now, I was like, yeah, I think I can pretty much quote this entire movie. Like, when it's on, as I'm watching it, I know every line. Its lines are so sharp. Every beat, yeah. Yeah, the script is solid. Yeah. Daniel Waters, he wrote this movie as sort of a response to the popular wave of John Hughes' teen movies of the 80s, and he wanted to do something to kind of be the polar opposite of those movies. Waters intended Heathers to be a contrast of all of that. And um, yeah, we got Heathers. He wanted just sort of the cynical depiction of the American teenager with this like biting satire. Sure. And I think it's funny that when he's interviewed about writing this movie, he said he always wanted Stanley Kubrick to direct it. 
which is so wild, which I love <laughs> that he just had the confidence at that age of I'm going to write a teen movie and Stanley Kubrick is going to be the man to do it. Yeah, I mean, what? A, that's ambition right there. I would hey, shoot for the stars. Yeah, I know, <laughs> Why right? not? But Why they not? ended up landing on Michael Lyman. And Michael Lyman, if you're at all familiar with him, he's done a lot of TV. He did a lot of episodes of The Comeback. I think that he did some Arrested Development. But any mm-hmm. major TV show, comedy, Michael Lyman probably has directed a few episodes of it. Okay. Very cool. I feel like this movie is so stylized. You know, like for, Mm -hmm. you know, when it came out in the 80s, I was a kid and I was just like, wow, it wasn't like anything I had seen. And like you said, it's kind of a response to those John Hughes movies, which I also loved, you know, and ate up all of them. But it's very much this like dark sided version of those. And it was like, if you were cool, you knew about Heathers. Like, not like just the everyday, like dumb popular kids liked it. Like they did 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink. This was like the edgy dark kids. And it was Winona Ryder who was like our, you know. Hot off Beetlejuice. (laughs) They were releasing Beetlejuice as they were making the movie too. Yeah. Which is crazy because to me I feel like in Beetlejuice she she reads so much younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does. Actually, she does. Right. Yeah. Uh, as a as a kid watching her, I just thought that she, you know, I'm a couple of years younger than her. And when you're a kid, anybody that's older, teenagers, especially teenagers on TV and in movies, always just seem like grownups. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was like, oh, it's Winona. She's just like this teenager. But now as an adult looking back, I watch Beetlejuice and I'm like, that is a child. She looks so like just a small little girl. And in this... One of the things that always struck me about Heather's was just how mature, how grown up, and as a kid especially, how grown up these characters acted or tr- or tried to act, you know, like they're putting on this show for each other. It's the hair and the shoulder pads. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, also, yeah, also that. <laughs> so what is your background with Heather's? When, do you remember when you first saw it? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I was like seven or eight when it came out on video. And I remember going to like my local video store and renting it. And, you know, obviously no seven, eight year old has no business watching this film, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I was kind of twisted kid, still in twisted adults. Um, and I just loved it from the second, like I knew, I mean, I just knew I was going to love it because obviously like, uh, you know, it's very, a girly fashion movie as well. Yeah. And that totally appeals to me. (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's that type of brilliant costume designing that this was not really how young kids dress no but it's an idea <laughs> of that and i love that they were just coming out of the 80s so this costume designer i'll have to look up the name i can't remember mm-hmm. but um she knew to just exaggerate it this is going to be one day a memory and an artifact of the 80s and you just kind of remember things a lot bigger and that's how all of these girls dress is that mm-hmm. they're all wearing these beautiful coats, blazers, big hair, blazers patch, to high school, patchwork blazers to high school. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, did you do you guys watch Drag Race at all? Of yes, course. we love it. I, I loved um, Gigi Goods. Uh, yes, she did a Heather's a runway. Page. Yes, she did. Uh, was she, did she do a Veronica look or did she do? Uh, I can't remember. It was what kind look of a combination was. of them because she was wearing lot, red, wasn't she? I think she was wearing red. Okay, she was doing more like Heather Chandler slash Shannon um, Doherty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I do remember really enjoying that. And of course, Drag Race fans will know uh, Heather from. Who the f- is here that I don't want to know. <laughs> 
<laughs> the early seasons, the Heathers of season three. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit more in depth. Um, I talk about my older sister a lot, who really kind of influenced my taste in music and movies, all of that. The stuff. taste maker. She, of she the was family. the taste maker of the family of the household, and um, she's about a year younger than Winona. And um, she really liked this movie. She loved Christian Slater, like she, like he was her he was a dreamy guy friend. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Young Guns, like all of that, right? And so mm-hmm. when this one came out, she was like obsessed. And so I watched it with her, you know, when we would rent it. And um, again, I was way too young to be watching it. And just these lines, you know, fuck me gently with, gently with a chainsaw and did you eat a brain tumor for breakfast? All of this stuff. If you want to if you want to fuck with eagles, you got to learn to fly. And I'm just like soaking it all in. Right. And just, just gasping and memorizing these lines and like quoting them at school. And nobody in like St. Stephen's like fifth grade knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> yapping all over the place about fucking with the eagles and learning to fly and you know uh uh, swatch jocks and diet coke heads Mm -hmm. and all all of that but i'm just like absorbing every bit of it and to a kid i feel like uh like what you're saying about the costume design they did something really smart in that you know they assigned everybody colors yes and you know the um the lighting was very artistic and theatrical. You know, they would do like these blue gels at night, you know, and just make the 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 cafeteria. The look sunlight so coming dreamy. in through the windows of the school looks yeah. very dreamlike. Also, early Thomas Newman score. The he hadn't score done a lot of movies so dreamy, b- before yeah. this. And we were mentioning the costume designer and I looked him up, Rudy Dillon. Okay. Very cool. And mm-hmm. what about you? When when did you first see this? So movie? I remember, I don't think I really discovered Heathers until I was around 13 because sure. I love the movie Jawbreaker. And I remember on the video box of Jawbreaker, there was a poll quote from Rolling Stone, Peter Travers, saying, the best teen movie since Heathers. Right. And I just right. remember kind of thinking like, okay, I'm going to have to look up Heathers. So I remember looking <laughs> it up. Huge Winona writer, fan from Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice mm-hmm. and Little Women. So I tracked it down, and I don't think that I rented it until I worked at the video store in my small town. And it's one of those things that I'm a little younger than you guys. I grew up and went to school in sort of the Columbine. Columbine had just happened yes. when I was in when I was in high school. So seeing a lot of this when I rented it was very shocking. Yeah, because it was also a time coming out of the late '90s where you started to see dumbed down movies for that very reason yeah. with language and violence and especially a movie that's a satire on teenage suicide. Yeah. I just remember just being shocked by it and I didn't really know what to think of it. I knew that I liked it, but I couldn't really describe why the movie just made me so uneasy. But right. I later rediscovered it in college. I rented it from our campus library and then I rewatched it again and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Like yeah. now I understand this movie and I love it. Yeah. Uh, what did you think, uh, Golden, about the comparisons when Jawbreaker was released? Um, I could see why they were made. I mean, obviously, I love Jawbreaker too, but it is no Heathers. Agreed. <laughs> you know, I mean, and um, actually, it was a big, huge. At the time it came out, I was an obsessive Rose McGowan fan. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. We've talked so, about like, her a lot on the show. 
And like, um, you know, after watching movies like, well, I first saw the saw her in the Doom Generation. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my intro to Rose. Yes, yes. So that's ever since then, I was obsessed with her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree. Like much like you, when Jawbreaker came out, I saw the comparisons, and just in my head, it was just something where I was like, it can't be as good. It's not going to be as good. And then I rented it, and I was like, that was fun. But it's and I see the superficial relationship in comparison. But at the end of the day, they're 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 very different. I feel like Jawbreaker is even more it's tongue, even tongue in cheek. It's even kookier. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. It's definitely camp E yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um and yeah, I remember again going going back to Christian Slater a little bit. I feel like that was that was really what reeled in my sister and what kind of got her to watch it and love it. And I think that she was like affected by the mean girlness of like the Heathers and Veronica being a little bit, you know, Veronica being more um she was the cool outsider of the group yeah. that was included. Introspective, mm-hmm. you know, she was a writer, all of that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like my sister really, what she took away from it was, you know, Christian Slater's a dreamboat. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm watching it and I'm just seeing like, okay, we get to see like shirtless boys running around in tidy whities mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, um, the camp of it all. I, I love my dead gay son, like all this stuff. And, and that's kind of what, like what uh, really stuck with me, I guess. Um, I don't feel like at the time I was much affected by like, I wasn't offended by all the kind of, I mean, I guess it's not homophobia because Daniel Waters wrote it. It's written by a gay man. Yeah. But there is a lot of casual like faggotry oh. and fag this and all of that. And it's kind of just a comment on bullying in general too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I don't feel, I never felt offended by it, and I still don't. Yeah. Just because that was such such a, like, a snapshot of the time period that it was in. I think it's kind of a low blow when you watch the celluloid closet. They do include, I like to suck big dicks in their homophobic montage, which, if that's what you're taking away from the scene, you're completely missing the point of it. Exactly. Yeah, because JD, that's kind of one of the things that really pushes him over the edge with those two in particular, Mm -hmm. is... I mean, yeah, they come for him at the beginning and they do, like, ask him about his boyfriend and no fags allowed and all that. But when he sees them treating the other boys like that, I think not that he's, you know, this like crusader hero or anything, because <laughs> he is definitely the villain of this movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, the villain, but it, in a very gray area. But he was also evolved enough to know that, you know, he wasn't going to let homophobia like affect him. Yeah. Yeah. Way, you know, like he was he was standing up for the. The underdogs. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, to me, the scariest character in this movie, especially when I was a kid, is JD's dad. Yes. I was always so creeped out. Yeah. And the power uh, dynamic with all of the parents in this movie, that yeah. the kids are the grown-ups and the grown-ups are... are uh, excuse me. The kids are the parents yeah. and the parents are the kids. And it's that sort of fucked-up dynamic. I mean, I loved um, Winona Ryder's character's father. Yes. You know, and mm-hmm. the mother, like, oh, you too, you know, like. <laughs> yes. I, little... I feel like Veronica's parents are played more for laughs, and mm-hmm. it kind of sets up this dynamic of, like. Yeah. Yeah. But then with with, uh, with Christian Slater's dad, with JD's dad, it's just, it's creepy. It's very sinister. Char- yeah, it's very sinister, exactly. I mean, I guess the idea was that Heather was a very popular name around a certain 
time frame. I didn't go to school with a lot of Heathers. I went to school with a lot of Ashleys. Okay, I went to school with a lot of Jessicas. You could not throw a stick without hitting two or three Jessicas in my like. And it's suiting that when I was a kid, the show Recess was on, and the Heathers characters on Recess are called the Ashleys. They are called the Ashleys. Yep, absolutely right. (laughs) But um, yeah, so but this was like the seed of his idea, right? Daniel Waters Mm -hmm. is just this popular name, and these are the popular girls. Super clever, Heather Duke, Heather Chandler, and Heather McNamara. Uh, and then Veronica is part of the clique, but her name's Veronica. And she's got dark hair. Yes. So she's like automatically the outsider. I think I was reading that they wanted to dye Shannon Doherty's hair blonde, but Shannon was like, oh no, you're not dying this Raven Beauty blonde. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Shannon younger than Winona? They're probably roughly around the same age. Yeah, I don't know, to be honest, yeah. but yeah, they have to be around the same age. But because I feel like one of the things with Shannon Doherty was that I think she was one of the more established actors. She'd been working since she was a small child. But at the same mm-hmm. time, wasn't she also like a little bit more um, like demure about the language and yes. the script? I think she was a little bit mm-hmm. more weirded out about saying things and they had to like... Maybe they softened the edges for yeah. her because she really didn't get the, the tough lines like Heather Chandler and Veronica. Yes. I mean, the biggest thing that Shannon says is like, why are you pulling my dick? Which I <laughs> loved. As a kid, when she said that, I was just like, that is so fucking cool. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> genius. But I also kind of can see Shannon even at like 16 or 17 being like, you are not touching this hair. Yeah. Just be like having. That is a brunette complexion. Power dynamic right rule. Um, but I I love the how the croquet is just this running theme throughout this movie, right? Of it's, their, yeah, it's their power dynamic. Yes, this is the croquet games, and you know, so we we watched it just to get a little, you know, just a refresher to have it fresh in our head. And it's so funny because the very opening scene over the opening credits with Kesarasara playing in the background, and it's just this dreamy scene, and they're playing croquet, and they're like fabulous outfits, and all the Heathers are walking in a row, and they step over a hedge and onto these flowers, a flower bed, and they crush all mm-hmm. the flowers. And, it, and I'm just thinking, well, that's rude. Whose backyard is this? They just crush all the flowers? And I was like, oh yeah, it's a dream. <laughs> it's Veronica's dream. They're destroying something beautiful. <laughs> Yes. But um, this establishes their color scheme. Uh, you know, Heather Chandler, I believe, is the the head Heather. She, yes, the red Heather. Yes. And she's red. She's always red. Mm-hmm. She's got her scrunchies, her croquet ball, everything. I love the idea of the lunchtime poll. Now, is this for the newspaper? Or is this just something that they're doing to, to show dominance? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it's just, it's really never clear, but I like the ambiguity. ambiguity yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't know why it's happening. You don't know what it's for, but it's happening. It's the thing that everybody knows about. I love the character introduction of okay. yeah. of, of Heather, too. Yes. Well, it's set up so early in the movie that Veronica is just, like, put out by hanging out with her friends. And all four of them are just like, ugh. Hello, Heather. Veronica. Finally. I got a note of Kurt Kelly's. I need you to forge a hot and horny but realistically low-key note in Kurt's handwriting. And we'll slip it onto Martha Dumpchuck's lunch tray. Shit, Heather, I don't have anything against Martha Dunstock. You don't have anything for her either. Come on, it'll be very. The note will give her shower nozzle masturbation material for weeks. 
poor Heather Dunstock. Aww. Not Heather Dunstock. Martha Dunstock. Martha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Martha. <laughs> but just that razor sharp dialogue. It'll be very. Yes. Yeah. And things like very. And all that. that's not anything anybody said. I'm sure he just made all this up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I tried to I tried to bring it into the public. <laughs> Never quite caught on. I had a few attempts, failed, of course, as well. Yeah, again, again, me and like my Catholic elementary school trying to say things are very. No one cared. <laughs> They're like the only, the only the only thing that's very is you are very gay right now. That or like it was like you know stop trying to make fetch happen. It's never going to happen. Very did not happen. Yes, absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, this um this cafeteria scene there's a lot going on but it kind of sets up everything really beautifully like it sets up their dynamic with the other students and there's the first group that they go to to do the lunchtime poll which scott do you want to do you want to give us the the lunchtime poll question from the very beginning of the movie oh i forget how heather chandler (laughs) frames it do you remember do you remember how she how she first says it that that big guy comes over to give you the big You've won the publishing clearinghouse, oh, yep. and they come over to bid you the the big check. The day that you're supposed to get the money, aliens come to the world and say that they're going to blow up the world in three days. What do you do with the money? What do you do with the money? I find it interesting that they never said Ed McMahon. She, I'm trying to think. He was he was doing the publisher clearinghouse thing, right? Yeah. She said she says a couple of things. She says Big Ed, and she says that big guy. Oh. <laughs> but they never say Ed McMahon. That was funny. And I love how it's just watered down to Veronica that she's just like, you inherited three million dollars and then aliens come to earth and say that they're going to blow it up but like by the time it's gotten to heather she's just clearly over it and this is how she shortened veronica shortens it even even more the than poll. That. yeah but um what i was going to say was the first table she goes to to give the poll it's the kind of um like aff- like even more affluent kids mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. one guy's says that his father's like a broker. They're one kind of ladder down from the Heathers in the social hierarchy of the school. But they're, you could tell they're still super popular and like super rich and all that. And even they hate Heather. Yeah. They're just like, oh, fuck, here comes Heather. <laughs> well, I mean, we all have like a friend or a frenemy or a coworker or a colleague like like a Heather. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> she, she wields her power, yeah. you know, around and, uh, you know, and she oftentimes makes like things difficult for you you hate them but you also want their approval for some fucked up reason (laughs) yeah definitely yeah because the girl who says like oh uh heather's like oh i love your cardigan and she's like oh i just got it at the limited i blew my allowance but she's still like even though she hates heather and they were all like made a face she says she would give all the money to to charity Mm mm-hmm Every last cent. Every, every last cent. <laughs> so um, she has to make I herself think, look better. I think Veronica is the one that actually says that to her, like, like a really bitchy, like, oh, nice cardigan, Courtney, or whatever it is. <laughs> and then that's when Heather pulls her side, like, listen, if you're going to openly be a bitch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, because she tells her, she, she goes, you're beautiful. Oh, yes. After, <laughs> after she says she's going <laughs> to donate the money. You're beautiful. If you're going to openly be a bitch about it. <laughs> We also yeah. get the introduction of Betty Finn. I also Aww. think it's kind of clever how Aww. Daniel wrote this, these characters because Betty Finn, like Betty and Veronica, Betty and Veronica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, there's um, Sawyer, Veronica Sawyer. There's also some Huckleberry Finn <laughs> things yes. going on. Like yeah. he's there's kind of like uh, just sort of 
which we shouldn't say symbolism, but like sort of motifs going on with all of these character names. Sure. Well, it's, it's very literary too, though, mm -hmm. if you think about it, because they always, you know, they have that big reference for Heather Duke, um, Shannon Doherty's character where she's like obsessed with Moby Dick. Yeah. And you know what? In the original script, it was supposed to be. I know. It was supposed to be Catcher in the Rye, but they couldn't get the rights to the book, so they had to change it. But it's funny, when you watch it now, it's clearly supposed to be Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> I could I could see that, but I actually, I love that it's Moby Dick instead, just because it's so, like, abstract. I agree. Catcher in the Rye would be just a little too... A little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, because, again, going back to, like, my feelings of it at the time, and then even through high school, because we did ultimately end up recording this movie, so I ha we had a copy of it. And I w would watch it, you know, I would just return to it my whole youth. And so even in high school, when I was just going through all this nonsense, I just remember, like, thinking, maybe I'll read Moby Dick. Maybe there is some, like, significance in there. But then just never getting past, like, a couple of pages because it's... You never got past the... My name is... Call me Ishmael. Call me Ishmael. That's <laughs> about as far as I got. Yeah, I, I attempted to again and failed miserably. I did yeah. not. I could not crack the Moby Dick. <laughs> and now I know it's just that that Chris Hemsworth movie with the whale on the boat. It's Ooh. about the making of Moby Dick. Ooh, I like that movie. Mm -hmm. I like Chris Hemsworth movies. The Under the Sea Chris Hemsworth movie. Sure. So you know we get introduced really early into the in the movie of this like power struggle with you know Heather and and um, Veronica. We also get introduced to like the the rest of them and um you know shannon's heather is way more timid she's, she's the one like most seeking on. approval from the head bitch heather from yes. heather chandler and heather she, duke that's and her she, and she's she's got bulimia but she can't do it herself well <laughs> <laughs> you know i like to bring it back to mean girls like her character is totally the gretchen wieners oh of yeah yeah <laughs> Yes. She's just like the doormat of the friend group. But, you know, a movie, I feel like a movie now would never touch one of the main characters having an eating disorder this blatantly. Sure. Right? They, or especially joke about it. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't have, they would not have a sense of humor about it. Yeah. It would be too PC. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say it's unfortunate not to have characters with eating disorders but <laughs> it's a reality of uh you know of, of youth and and all of that well, especially you know you know girls and women you know mm -hmm. i mean even as gay men you yeah. know we're constantly shamed about like not having the perfect body not oh, having yeah. abs yeah. not having this not having that or having too much of this too much of that like yes. it really goes you know it, it goes deep and you know obviously like as gay men you know we always identify with like the strong female female protagonist, right? Yes. <laughs> and Heather Duke's eating disorder is a big part of her character because later on, after Heather Chandler expires, the eating disorder's gone. You She's know, just like fuck it, she grows out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but right there in the room when she calls in Veronica to help her, you know, to hurl, the, Heather Chandler's fully openly just making fun of her. Yeah, like. Practically to her face. Being no. very cruel. Yeah. Um, the third Heather is Heather McNamara, played by Lisa Ann Falk. And I was reading that Heather Graham was intended for this character, but mm. Heather Graham's mother said, oh, hell no. To the script. To the script, and she was not in the movie. I mean, that's, that's kind of a missed opportunity because yeah. um, 
I mean, she doesn't really bring much to the character, I feel. Yeah. She's, like, definitely the weakest link of the bunch. Yeah. She's got a very Heather Graham look. No, the, she does. They, they would be, I'm sure they probably fought for the same roles at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that actress, though, Lisa Ann Falk, I believe she was the eldest of all of them. Oh, I was I reading that she, she was, was she was 23 and she yeah. lied in the audition saying that she was 18. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She, um, I mean, it, it was the 80s, the wardrobe, the styling. They all looked like they were well into their 20s. And especially <laughs> in that opening dream sequence, you can tell that they picked that super – that they picked up those shots super late in production because – It's the wig, isn't it? It's the wig. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something yeah. about a blazer and like a big like half up, half down bangs that really just like age a woman. <laughs> Well, you know, looking back on it now, it's like they were just basically as like chic realtors for the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. The power blazers. <laughs> yes, the power blazers, the power suits, yeah. the, the sensible flats. Yes. Yes, they all had like a penny loafer flat, which is, yeah, oh my God, I love it. The lunchroom scene also kind of shows us the different cliques of the school. You know, we get the... um the like fundraiser kids who are also in like the newspaper and the yearbook who wants to know how much uh the prize money would be after taxes <laughs> i mean that's what i want to know mm-hmm. <laughs> hey fiscal responsibility is hot y'all <laughs> exactly. um you know there's like the burnouts uh there's like smoking <laughs> you love that girl <laughs> she reminds me of the girls in drop dead gorgeous in the bathroom oh, oh totally <laughs> yeah and um like the the geek squad love the geek squad yeah yeah (laughs) they're obsessed with what do they call her heather number one Mm -hmm. heather number one just looked at me i love it they're just obsessed with her um but this is kind of where we get introduced to jd jason dean yeah doing this okay and i know it's kind of like his Christian Slater's legacy is that he's just like doing this uh, Jack Nicholson impersonation. Baby Jack. I feel like it's really this movie and sure. this movie he's laying it on real thick. I mean, oh, yeah. we have to admit he is doing it. But I don't really think that was his shtick and everything, right? I think it was just his character. Well, I or mean, I don't know. That's debatable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Aside aside from like um, his recent turn in the Betty Broderick, Dirty John thing <laughs> he's sure. always been always like it. jack jr okay. you know sure <laughs> okay this would have been around the time he was in pump up the volume i think too oh yeah uh-huh. mm-hmm. this, this is like i love that movie too obviously I'm yeah. a, it's a been years since i re since i've revisited that and you know i was thinking about this too um the wizard with fred savage and jenny lewis mm. the video game movie is also 1988 but the interesting thing is in this movie his hair is dyed black yeah, mm-hmm. like that hair. His hair is not that black, you know. And in those other movies, his hair is not that color. So I'm wondering if it's like a rinse that they were washing out, or if they shot this last of those, you know. Possibly. I think. I mean, from a stylistic point of view, I feel like they might have like wanted his hair super, super black, so that way it contrasts more against his white skin. You yes, know what I mean? His like, skin he's is really pale. So white in this movie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then there's a lot of it is shot at night and. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff with the lighting where there's like blue, like almost bluish highlight. I mean, it's the lighting, but yes. he has bluish highlights in his hair, which is well, great. Well, they say the darkest color black you can go is black blue. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of what they happened there. But yes. I liked it, though. No, I yeah. I, I loved it. I would um, 
yeah, I coveted like blue black hair and as a kid and I, I would dye my hair a lot of different colors in, in high school. Um, and whenever I would go that try to do that, it just didn't really have the same effect on me because I don't have, I'm not fair skinned. You know, I don't yeah. have white skin, and so it didn't have the same effect. So I was always like, oh, I mean, I guess it just looks like I have really dark hair. <laughs> but you know, thinking about it now, like if we're gonna care- take it back to like um, the Betty Veronica thing, mm-hmm. you know, and the comic book, like there was always blue in Betty or yes. Veronica's hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's kind of like her main color in the movie too. Yes, right? that is her. That's her signature color is the blue. Yeah, you're right, and she did have those the the that blue. Blue black hair. I something about the nineties and just like I don't know how like dyeing your hair and, and and like punky color and all that stuff was kind of like becoming more readily available to just like your average kid. You could just pick it up at the mall. Yeah. You didn't have to do like Kool-Aid and all that stuff. You could just like <laughs> And I remember even just box hair dye that you could get at the grocery store started having like blue black. Mm-hmm. you know options um so yeah just something about the 90s and like just like grunge and alternative music and that style just let it you know bled so much into just like the everyday culture that we were able to do that and that was something that I, that I definitely experimented with in my hair but yeah. <laughs> i wanted that blue black hair but i didn't have that that white white skin especially when um veronica and jd like what they just do it outside in her backyard on the grass yeah on the croquet set <laughs> yeah and the there it's dark and they're like the way they're lit they're both mm-hmm. of them their skin is so white no it's so it's so luminous and yeah. glowing against that raven hair they mm-hmm. both have yeah the movie. yeah yeah they probably did that too you're right like to match him and or to match her because they both have that that super dark hair so heather chandler brings veronica to a See to a college party. Yes. And I love the Remington Remington party party. because, of course, it it has to be a Remington party. Ooh. Um, But I love the meet cute with Veronica and JD in the convenience store. Yes, I Um, love that. I um, mean, and I don't know about you guys, but like in my childhood, corn nuts played a very big role. (laughs) BQ. You could not, I could not get on the bus. I read. At the school bus, I would just like reek of all these different <laughs> types of corn nuts because it was just, I don't know, it was just a thing in, in my small town. Yeah. BQ or regular? Barbecue. BQ. <laughs> I, I liked a Cool Ranch corn I mean, nut. <laughs> I mean, Cool Ranch wouldn't have been introduced until probably 95 or so, maybe, right? Maybe a little yeah, later. That, yeah, that's definitely later 90s. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always been original or barbecue. Yeah. Or is, BQ. Isn't it wild how as kids at school, we would just eat with like random shit at all hours of the day and then go run a mile eight o'clock in the morning eating a bag of during gym <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember my parents would give me money for lunch and it must have been like no joke two dollars right and with two dollars i would get like a, a mango madness snapple and fries french fries <laughs> and that would be my lunch. And still have money left over. Like, what the hell? How am I? I'm surviving on a Mango Madness Snapple and French fries. Sometimes with sometimes with melted cheese and uh, tapatio. Okay. <laughs> and then Hot Cheetos came along and changed everything. <laughs> but yeah, kid, we what the hell was going on with our bodies that we were just like, I, and I'm surviving. 
no, we were like basically human dumpsters. Like at that point, <laughs> eating garbage. You know, garbage, garbage, garbage. <laughs> yeah, sodas and candy. So corn nuts could be the cure for the coronavirus. I mean, hey, I grew, I grew up on it, so. Um, well, but- it, had, it hasn't killed us yet, so <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, it's a, just the 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 amount of um of uh what, what was that little uh pouch that just had like sugar in it and then it had that white stick uh, a, oh a dip uh fun dip a fun dip <laughs> dip and stick yeah lick made it had like so many yeah. different names from whatever whatever ice cream truck you got it from and just the taste of that chalk stick i love yeah. that taste of that chalk stick it was so good i wish they would just sell that chalk stick on its own i mean it was, i would just dip it in everything it was just pure sugar i loved it <laughs> But the kids at at Westerberg High and at this Remington party were a little bit classier than us, probably. I mean, they are eating chicken pot pies for lunch. Yeah. Martha Dunstock had a chicken pot pie on her They all do. They all do? Yeah, they all do. Um, I found it fascinating as a kid, and I just assumed that this is what high school was going to be like. That when I was – because the Heathers are juniors. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm worshipped at the sun. I'm only a junior. Um. So they're juniors, so they're 16, 17, 17 at most. They're drinking beers, going to college college parties, parties. riding motorcycles, driving (laughs) their own cars. And I'm just thinking, well, that's what it's going to be like. Attempted murder of other teenagers, (laughs) you know. A mere four or five years from now, this will be my life. No. (laughs) So you didn't go to any high school drinking parties at all? (laughs) college drinking parties no not when i was 17 i was a nerd (laughs) okay all right well as as somebody that was heavily influenced by heathers i had to search out the the first party that i could go to immediately (laughs) did you set fire to a trash can (laughs) i wanted to and i've definitely told my friends i got paid in puke (laughs) you know she's drinking what out of what looks like a beer mug but she drops a match into it and it Goes aflame. Sure. So it has to be like liquor. I don't know. I mean, I've never done that. I mean, definitely, you know, everybody has that that image in there, but I don't yeah. know if, if, what that would be. I think I think if you drop a match into a glass of beer, the match would just go out. I don't think there's nearly enough alcohol in it. I think Probably. It had to, I think yeah. it had to be booze, like liquor. Um, Some sort of the Everclear drink. Yeah. Or like Bacardi 151 mm-hmm. or something <laughs> Drinking an entire beer mug of Picardi 151, dead on the inside. Um, (laughs) So going back to the convenience store scene, I love this moment with Wino because you sort of see her kind of ethical dilemma of that. I really hate all of these people, but this is just the role that I've been assigned to in the school. Yeah, just kind of like she understands that this is that a she, role like she said. knows that she's surrounded by a bunch of assholes and, that, and that's what i think is so brilliant about daniel waters script is that he fully knows all of these people are garbage <laughs> like i don't like he knows that these like kids might be cool but they're also just kind of trash human beings also yeah especially how the friends treat each mm-hmm. other oh yeah i'm on my way to a party at remington university mm. On the horn. No, my life's not perfect. I don't really like my friends. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really like your friends either. Well, it's just like there are people I work with and our job is being popular and shit. Maybe 
it's time to take a vacation. I like uh, Veronica's outfit for the for the party. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> her hair is amazing. Her hair is a little big. It's and so 80s. big. <laughs> she's got some like shoulder action going on that you can see her shoulders. Oh yeah, she's got a bare shoulder, mm-hmm. and it, this outfit shows off um, Winona Ryder's tiny little waist. Yeah. She's so just such a slip of a girl. I love it. Um, and yeah, just Heather in the car, just like honking the horn, laying on the, laying on the just, horn when she sees her talking to this cute just guy. So pissed off. <laughs> Heather hates Veronica. Well, Heather hates anything that's not about her, right? Yeah, this is true. This bitch fight between <laughs> Veronica and Heather is legendary. Of both of them just screaming at each other, it's so good. Yeah, um, but I love that Heather's big threat to Veronica is like, if you don't do good at this college party, you're, you're going to be like uh, keggers with kindergartners all next year. And again, they're juniors. So her mm-hmm. threat is, you know, if if you don't make a good impression at this college party, the next year you're just going to be hanging out with kids your own age. Like, you are still go to parties, <laughs> but they'll just be high school parties. It's like, okay, fine. Well, I... I have had a friend, um, kind of like a, a Heather Chandler type. <laughs> sure. Um, and he would take me to places and he would basically give me that, that talking to like, if you fuck up tonight, kid, you're, <laughs> you're back, you know, wherever you're out, you're back folding sweaters at the gap or whatever, <laughs> exactly. like, like teenage job that you have back to retail for me. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, if it was a, a college party situation and I was still in high school and there was that threat, I'd be like, all right, I want to keep going to these. So Maybe I'll do good. I probably wouldn't have been as um, like forthright as Veronica. I probably just would have been like given into peer pressure, just blew the dude at the party and just been like, all right, let's. <laughs> let's well, do I this. mean, I wouldn't need to give into peer pressure to blow a dude at a party, this to be honest. <laughs> this right? <is> true. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like she didn't, she stood up, she stood her ground. And yes. I, you know, I. And I think that's the first time that she was able to really like stand in her strength and do that Mm -hmm. to Heather as a bully as Heather is. Yes. But we also see that Heather's kind of like peer pressured into doing something at, at the party with this dude that she probably didn't want to do. So Mm -hmm. even though she's like this alpha, you know, type a, and even how she leaves the party, she does look like she's kind of going through it and she's taking it out on Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. This bitch fight, though, was kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, you should play it. (laughs) It's so good. You stupid fuck. You goddamn bitch. You were nothing before you met me. You were playing Barbies with Betty Finn. You were a bluebird. You were a brownie. You were a Girl Scout cookie. I got you into a Remington party. What's my thanks? It's on the hallway carpet. I got paid in puke. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. Monday morning, your history. I'll tell everyone about tonight. Transfer to Washington. Transfer to Jefferson. No one at Westerberg's going to let you play their reindeer games. Great line. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the writing on that is amazing. And I mean, how many times have you guys quoted, lick it up, baby, lick it lick up, to right? one of your friends? <laughs> I remember in the commentary, uh, I think that they said that it was supposed to be the intro. The scene was supposed to be you fucking cunt, but then they had to they had to sort of adjust a line to bitch. No, she says you stupid fuck. You it was supposed to be you stupid cunt. Yeah, yeah. 
Which I like, you stupid fuck. <laughs> That's a good. No, one. I I like that. I prefer that. I actually very rarely say the c word. I save it for serious special occasions and very horrible people. I agree. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot more fun to use the fuck word. Yeah, it's it's, sure. it's effective in this in this uh, little situation. And and Veronica's reply, you goddamn bitch. I love her <laughs> delivery. Oh man, I love. Uh, okay, so it's Westerberg High School. What's the mascot? It's the Westerberg. Oh, I don't remember what the mascot is. Oh, fuck, I have to look it up. But it's named after Paul Westerberg from the Replacements, right? Oh, mm. love it. Yeah. Um, and again, that's something that is a little before my time. Like, I feel like the Replacements was a little early new wave. And as a kid, I I, I understood that Paul Westerberg was because I think he had gone solo at that point. So I remember his name from you know watching like 120 minutes on MTV or you know. I think they would play him on Alternative Nation, but I think it was a little bit more 120 minutes because that was a little bit more like deep new wave. Um, and again, my older sister, Tastemaker, she was very into like new wave music. That's the cool kids music. It yes. is the Westerberg High Rottweilers. Okay. I like and this school is shot Scary. in Venice. Or no, it's not shot in Venice. It's Santa Monica High. Oh, Sam High. All right. I tried to do a drive-by with a friend of mine last year, but the entire school was under construction and you couldn't see those stairs. Oh, no. Boo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boo. But, yeah, nobody at Westerberg is going to let you play any of their reindeer games. (laughs) (laughs) But but what's she going to tell – okay, I mean, I guess she's going to tell everybody that, like, what, Veronica chickened out on, like, fucking some guy. Being date raped? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, I I don't know. But, you know, but the thing is with her, they're, like – even even though people don't like her, she has such great power. Yeah, that mm-hmm. they will, you know, literally eat up whatever she serves to them. And she'll probably just make something up too. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah, totally something. Fake. Um, but I do love that when she rejects the one guy with her um with her pre written speech. G blank. Um, after she rejects him, he goes to the friend and tells on her. Like you see him like talking to the friend, like what? Like she like she ran off. What the well, hell is that? As somebody who has spent way too many times at way too many parties over my days, um, I have seen that situation happen. Like, it's like, what the fuck, bro? Like, your your chick, you said she was down, like, that kind of shit. Oh, my God. This is, like, something that actually does happen in reality. Wow. Unfortunately. That's that's insane. Some, like, toxic masculinity shit right there. Yeah. Damn. I had never experienced that. But, you know, my friends were prudes. So, (laughs) that's not true. We're wild. Now we're right in the middle. So, okay. So the deal is now Heather's going to expose Veronica. She's going to make some shit up, whatever she's going to do. And Veronica kind of like tells JD, this is, is this when he first shows up at her window? I think she just wants to get Heather back. Yeah. She just wants to make her puke, essentially. Right? Yeah. She she doesn't want to hurt her. She mm-hmm. just wants yeah. to like, you know, kind of uh, prank her, I guess. Well, she's also doing some damage control, you know? Yeah. Also, <laughs> Or at least she thinks. She thinks she's going to, yeah, do damage control. Exactly, exactly. But um, this is where we first see JD kind of like his like psychotic tendencies where he's like, no, sure. We'll like use Drano. <laughs> and Veronica just sort of buying it in the moment too. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've all made bad choices based mm-hmm. on um, our love interests. Our taste know? in men. Yep. I think she's just she's just not doing enough to say no. Because I don't think she's like, yeah, let's do it. But at the same time, she's she's fully just being a little bit, 
you know, flase da about which cup she grabs to go into the room. And was it uh, sort of a subconscious move that she picked the wrong cup too? Mm. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the thing is too, like if somebody hands you a cup of drain cleaner, you're going to know what's drain cleaner, you know, yeah. you're going to smell it. Yeah. Like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that's going to be like, you know, just your orange juice and milk. Like it's, yeah. Well, yeah. Heather's so riled up that like this gross boy is in her bedroom, you know, um, that Veronica's there after the night she put her through all that. She's just like, oh, she's so mad. And she's just that girl, you know, that and she has too much pride not to drink it. That when he's kind of daring yep. her into it. Yeah. She just grabs it. And yeah, she doesn't even look at it like as she takes it she just grabs it and downs it so she doesn't even get the chance to so i guess that's what we're supposed to think that she just it's so fast that she doesn't even look at it or smell that it. shot of her hitting the coffee table and the sound always gets me i live i live you don't know how many times i have recreated that um coffee table <laughs> smash scene in my bedroom I love how they when of just how they block and shoot this when they walk into the room there's no coffee table and then when she drinks it all of a sudden there's a, a glass oh, coffee table in the middle of the oh, room whatever gaff squad I never noticed mm-hmm. that I didn't either that's that's I don't care I anyways I, all I'm looking at when they walk into the room is the this way fucking bedroom she's positioned in yeah. this bed and her hair. <laughs> And there's like the Patrick Nagel print on the wall, fashion magazines everywhere. Come on. Kim Walker is very beautiful. She's always given me Christian Bell vibes or Christian Bell gives me Kim Walker vibes, especially when sure. she's all fabulous in the church, like all all punk rock. I think I think she looks like Veronica Mars in that scene. How dare you? How dare you compare <laughs> Kristen Stewart to Kim Walker? No, uh, it's not a comparison, darling. No, no, Kristen Chris, Bell. Kristen Bell from Veronica oh, Mars. Oh, Kristen from Veronica Bell. Mars. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Yeah, I had an aneurysm. <laughs> I mean, I do love me some Kristen Stewart, but it doesn't quite give me <laughs> no Heather Heather uh, Chandler. Heather Chandler. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. You're correct. I, I, I sorry. I do love her punk rock look in Veronica's fantasy later on in the movie. That that is oh, yeah. really cool. Um, but yeah, this is like, this is when we set up, you know, the rest of the movie. She, it's like, is it's an accidental death? Is it an accident? Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to have to send my SAT scores to San Quentin. Love that line. Love that line. (laughs) Um, and we get this, well, they set it up early in the movie that Veronica is kind of like a handwriting expert. Mm -hmm. She can like forge anybody's handwriting. Very Tom Ripley. Well, that was the the thing when she was like, you know, write a shower masturbation material for yes. Martha Dump Truck, you know? Like, yeah. It was, that brick was laid very early on. Very early on. First scene in the movie that she can do this. So, you know, she writes this suicide note for Heather and Heather becomes a celebrity at school. She's just become the suicide martyr. <laughs> and it's just kind of... It's clever and very biting that all of these awful kids just end up becoming saints when they die. Yes. And but all these... That, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, but that, like, oftentimes... Sure. Like, death absolves you of many sins. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And people, they're not going to harp on the, the the dark parts. They're going to focus on the light and the love that they felt for that person. So, I mean, I understand that. Yeah. I've, I've seen that happen. Sure. In my personal life. Okay. And these characters, like even the other students who we 
established in the first lunchroom scene don't really care for her. Now they're all coming around and like clamoring for camera time to talk about the good times they had and, you know, and all of that. And Veronica sees this on television and she's just like, you hated her. She hated you. Like, come on. And she just is over just the fakeness of, of everything. Heather Duke went to every network. Yeah. And did that, a little interview. That, that's my favorite, my favorite thing about the montage. It's like, <laughs> We would always wear we wore the same size. We could always mix and match, and you know, like <laughs> you know, now that, that now that her biggest enemy, her biggest foe, was gone, yep. she felt she could finally shine. Yeah, yeah. Um, the school board meeting, I think, is really successful in its tone. That this is just the type of satire it is, just because these adults are just so are just fucking idiots of how they're talking about the suicide of this girl. I think it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. That scene. No, it is. Well, it the, absolutely is. the biggest thing that's on everybody's mind is how much time off. You know, we'll do a day. I would, I'd be willing to do a whole week for a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. That kind of a thing. And even, um, even Heather McNamara, she's just like, oh, it's not fair. It's just not fair. We should be getting an entire day off, <laughs> <laughs> not just let out early. You know, it's it's genius. I love the school. She's not the school uh, guidance counselor. I think that she just... I don't know what bullshit class that she teaches, but she's yeah. just like, we need to seize this moment. Miss Pauline Fleming. Yes, yeah. the hippie teacher. We Call love. me when the shuttle lands. <laughs> <laughs> I love even her classroom. Veronica's sitting in a beanbag chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of shows you the kind of classroom setting that this that this flaky woman. I have her note. <laughs> read now read its now read its pathetic beauty. Yeah, pass it around. Which is like that's awful. She's got her like we know that it's not real, but it's like, oh my god. No, that's extremely morbid. Like, Why? I mean, I know that this is the movie that we're talking about, but I mean like that would be in police evidence, right? Yes, exactly. Why does she have? <laughs> would it be like passed around the high school and then make it in the yearbook? Yeah, and um, Heather's parents. Do we even see Heather's parents? I don't think so. Yeah, the we funeral... only see Veronica's parents. I think and yeah. JDs and JDs. We kind of we see Curtin Rams at their funeral. Oh, we yeah. see Curtin Rams' right. dad or one of their dads because because of the I love my dead gay son, but um. You know, it's, it's Heather uh, Chandler's funeral where we first see Otho from Beetlejuice, right? Yeah. Giving his, his sermon about the MTV video games. We have been to this church. <laughs> it is very close to us. It's like a, about a 10-minute drive. Yes. It's a very adorable church when you go into it. Yes. This church is uh, well, it's close to us in Highland Park, mm-hmm. and um, we've driven up to take some photographs. The Church of the Angels. It looks exactly the yep. same. When you go, yep. it is exactly the same. Um, wow, we can like tackle have, each other on the grass. <laughs> I have some random um, theory or some random gossip about Otho. Yes, um, allegedly, um, when Madonna moved to London, um, he like uh, adopted her Chihuahua that was in the Human Nature video. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I just randomly had to throw them there because I knew he was going to come up. I love that. Um, yeah, no, I do too. I mean, I, I hope that's real. I don't yeah. know. I. I heard that somewhere. So this actor, his name is Glenn, Glenn Shaddix. Is he still with us? He played... Oh, no, he's not. Yeah. He played he Otho in Beetlejuice. Um, he's in this movie. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Made this movie back-to-back with Beetlejuice like Wino. 
Yes. Both uh, Denise DeNovi productions. Is that the, the link up probably? I don't know if Denise DeNovi... Oh, we, we haven't even mentioned Denise DeNovi, like pioneering uh, female producer. She's done a lot of stuff. Yes, indeed. She's done both Little Women movies. She works with Tim Burton a lot. She, she did Batman Returns, Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. and she just recently did the new Little Women. The uh, Saoirse Ronan Little yeah, Women? I think that she came with Amy uh, oh, Pascal from wow. Sony. That's cool. I love that. Well, yeah. Uh, so Glenn Shaddix, he plays the priest in this movie, and he's just hamming it up in this sermon. And um, it's the first of two funeral scenes that that we get. Um, but even when they're praying, paying their respects, they all like we hear their 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 internal yeah. monologue as they're paying their respects, and everybody. Even Veronica. They're all pretty so rotted. So selfish. So mm-hmm. rotted. <laughs> I mean, the image of Heather McNamara fixing her hair with holy water. Love it. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And her outfit at this funeral. It's like a mini skirt. Like with shoulder pads for days. I can't. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to wear your best for Heather Chandler's <laughs> funeral. Yeah, I mean, but come on, it'd be like totally boring if they were all like you know in black sad sack dresses, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I almost expect to hear a Gilligan's Island smash cut when she's telling him about or Veronica about you should come on this double date with me with Curtin Ram, and Veronica is like, "There's no way I'm going to be going on this on this date cow tipping," and then. Smash cut. Smash cut. They're <laughs> out in the field about the tip cows. I just want to hear like the Gilligan's Island <laughs> sound effect to that. You know, it's funny because uh, that church in particular is in Los Angeles. And I mean, the rest of the movie, they don't go to too many pains to establish where it is. But they do talk about that it's in Ohio. Right. And when she talks about going cow tipping, I'm just like. Is that real? So I'm from a small town, and we never did shit like that. Did people you actually only do just that? hear about that in movies. I think listeners, if you've ever <laughs> done cow tipping, write in. We want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a rural farm area. I'm, I'm originally from South Dakota. Oh, okay, okay, sure. But I like I like like you said, I've never ever heard anybody actually doing that in reality, real yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, like you said, it smash cuts to this date where they're actually doing that. They got drunk and they're tipping this cow, gets cow shit all over them. Veronica leaves. And, there's, and in the background, yeah. you see Heather uh, McNamara pretty much getting date raped. <laughs> yes. And Veronica doesn't even do it. I know. <laughs> Hey, she did her time, okay? She True. helped her friend out. And this is even <laughs> like, like I got a dip. <laughs> and this is even like the most sympathetic Heather of them all, too. Yes. Yeah, you're right. She's the one that hasn't really she doesn't really do anything outright evil other than being like self-centered. Mm-hmm. You know. Um maybe Veronica doesn't see it. She's just so disgusted and, you know, Kurt. We'll give Veronica the benefit of the doubt. Yes. JD probably sees it from his viewpoint. He can see what's going on, and he's just like, "Let's get the hell out of here." But yeah, these like these woods that are behind the school. There's just like woods and pastures and all that. I guess you can find that in Ohio. Yeah. 
Sure. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Experience, yeah. But all of them take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 just uh, go with it. The actor that played Ram is in movies that made us gay all star. He is from Summer School. Yes, he was in the movie Summer School, which mm-hmm. we love. Yeah. Um, oh yes. <laughs> I feel like playing kind of a version of this character. He in plays. Summer he school. plays a football player, but yeah. he's a lot more sympathetic in Summer sure. School. Because he likes he likes pregnant Shawnee Smith. <laughs> but um, so this is kind of where Veronica's just she's fully over it with Curtin Ram now. I love her calling Curtin. I think that she's calling uh, Kurt, and she's just like, "Hi, this is Veronica." <laughs> yes, of course you can write to Penthouse Forum. <laughs> so the international trailer that we were telling you about opens with that scene. Oh, so it's okay. like that's when you really know that. The people that were distributing this movie did not really know how to sell it. Mm. I could see the confusion there, though. I mean, but you forgot to mention, though, when she goes to school the next day after the cow tipping. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. This is what actually pushes her over the edge. Yeah. Because, so, yeah, they've... Uh, no, go ahead. They've gone on to tell everybody that... <laughs> They had a sword fight in her mouth last night. If you know what I mean. I like that that character says that. What else would he mean? I, I love that gay guy. He's he. That was me in high school. So desperately gay. So trying to be straight. Yeah. And working the not, yearbook. Not fooling anybody. No. Yeah. And Heather Chandler is getting a two-page spread in the yearbook, too. Yes. With her note, like, front and center. Oh, my God. It's awful. But yeah, so this is kind of, this is actually what pushes Veronica over the edge because this whole situation, she's just like, ooh, gross. And these other girls are fully just like, oh, yeah, we heard what you did last night. And just throwing it in her face. So awful, so rotted. But that's high school. So, you know, JD, again, just like he did with Heather. Um, Chandler, he kind of convinces Veronica that this is what we're going to do. Don't worry about it. It's, it's, a all very, the, it's all on the level. It's a very special type of bullet that we're shooting them with. Yes. Which she buys. Right? She buys. Yeah. Why does he have like multiple handguns? <laughs> <laughs> and why would he have, I mean, you know, a bullet, like, I mean, it's not like, I mean, I don't know. I just... I'm sorry. I can't get into the, the whole <laughs> idiocy of the whole bullet thing. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, his grandfather stole them from Germans in World War II. That's why he has them. So oh, they're yeah, right. so they're like 40-year-old, you know, fake bullets. Um, and multiple handguns to leave on the scene. I want to talk about the clues that they leave behind to indicate their homosexuality. Okay, what was it? We didn't get that audio clip, but it was... Well, the note... First, they just say it all in the note, which is fine. Yeah. But they also have to leave a Joan Crawford postcard. An eyebrow pencil, right? <laughs> and, um, well, mineral waters. Mineral water, because everybody knows Pags only yeah. drink mineral water. Yeah. I mean, I know that I enjoy me a good... A good Perrier with lemon. <laughs> I'm not that kind of gay. I, I prefer still water uh, to a yeah. sparkling. Okay. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Um, and also, but there's also like a, a porno magazine, like Honcho or something was also thrown in there. But I love that it's like, okay, not only are these two high school football jocks secret gay lovers, but they're also drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. kind of that was random. A Joan Crawford postcard <laughs> and and eye makeup. 
I mean, how many dates have you guys been on where you bring your Joan Crawford postcards? <laughs> I mean, I don't leave my home without it. How else? That's mm-hmm. how. Yeah, that's how they let you into gay bars. You've got to show your Joan Crawford postcard, and they're like, exactly. "Oh, okay, you can come in." It's your calling card if you can have a, a screen still from Mildred Pierce or something. You don't, you don't need ID. You just need that postcard. Um, <laughs> and yeah, these weird like eyeliner pencils. But, you know, he, they explain it away that, oh, you know, this is Ohio. It's the Midwest. If you're not drinking a beer, you might as well be wearing a dress. So I guess that was that was a mentality. But to me, even as a kid, I was like, oh, OK, is that what being gay is? <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> at that age, I could give a shit about old movies. Yeah, well, at me too. That flew over my head at that time. Yeah. You know, obviously, I didn't know Joan Crawford at that point in time. No. Obviously, I'm very familiar with her now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at that point in time, I didn't know yeah. anything. I remember Mommy Dearest because uh, my grandmother liked it, but because she thought it was a comedy. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. I kind of thought Faye Dunaway was, was Joan Crawford. Yeah, I really didn't discover Joan <laughs> until college. Yeah. Interesting pull, though, that they weren't like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, Betty Davis or, you know, who else is like a guy? Judy Garland postcard. Sure. Judy Garland, yeah, yeah. That, Judy that's, would, would be the obvious one, Judy right? maybe yeah. would be a little too obvious. I think that Daniel was probably just a bigger Joan fan. Yeah. How would Jason Dean know that? That's the question. I mean, he knows what's up. He's known, <laughs> he's known quite a few gay men, I think. <laughs> Clearly, he has a gay uncle somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, this, like... Chase and shootout with this, curtain ram. This chase scene's pretty wild. The chase is wild, but then like when they shoot them both, it's so graphic. Yeah, both of them getting shot is like, ooh, that's on camera. Lance Felton with that gorgeous body too. Both of them are pretty mm-hmm. have pretty good yeah. bodies. Um, yeah, and they're running around in the in the boxers and the tidy whities It's um, it's an effective scene, but yeah, it's it's pretty graphic and and Veronica fully shoots and murders yeah one of them Mm -hmm. and she's the our main character our hero you know that just that just so would not fly anymore Mm -mm. and i'm surprised it did even then well you know thinking about it now she really was one of the first anti-heroes yeah yeah it's 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 interesting that she that are again yeah she's our hero but she kills somebody and again she's kind of uh, tricked into it, but uh, you know she's the one that we're rooting for. But this yeah. is a different kind of movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it is a lot darker in tone. It's so satirical. So maybe it's just has different set of rules that we as the audience still do root for her at the end. You know, we're still on her side, even though she did this. But it's like she was not so much coerced, but really tricked into doing it. And this is when you kind of see Veronica knows that she's really gone too far. Yeah. And with JD, she, yeah, and she wouldn't have done it if she if she knew. And she punishes herself with the uh, the the cigarette lighter. Oh yeah, to her palm. She just sort of wants to feel something in that moment. Yeah, and that and the cigarette lighter was just there. And then uh, and then Christian Slater lights a ci- <laughs> lights a cigarette from it. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was pretty gross. <laughs> um, I never kind of caught on as a kid that the cops were smoking weed in that car like i just thought really? they were smoking cigarettes I oh know. i always knew i was very I, young when i saw it. i did not either i that flew over my head yeah i was like oh okay they're just smoking cigarettes they're cops they shouldn't be smoking with the windows up i guess i don't know 
yeah, the cops find them. They find the note immediately and they're just like, oh, oh, the humanity. Like so many characters, so many adult characters say when they find out things that happen, they just say, oh, the humanity. Yeah. Even Shannon says it at one point. But um, yeah, so now, you know, these two have their funeral. And And this is when really teenage suicide don't do it. The movement is just taking over the school. Yes. This song. Big fun, right? <laughs> big fun. I feel like big fun. just wearing big a big fun t-shirt to a Halloween party, it's just like easy costume <laughs> right there. Yeah. The song's a little, the song's, I mean, it's barely there. So it's, you know, we're just supposed to understand. I know it's like sweeping the nation. I know it's a reference to something larger, but I'm just not really sure what it is. It sounds a little Oingo Boingo-y. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the reference point yeah. for that would be, but it, but it does sound very like. Uh, I remember there was a time like okay, back in the day when I was in middle school. Do you guys remember um, when the Dare campaign first came out? Of oh, course, yes, yeah. yes. And then there was like a song, like there was a, a legitimate Dare song that me and my uh, my singing group oh, would do performances. To. I have vague wow. memories of this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like it was like dare to keep kids off drugs dare yeah something like that you know That's... i'm sure if you google it you can find it somewhere but it's just like i feel like you know people thought that you know because maybe um we are the world was like yeah. so big that yeah every cause needed a song too. <laughs> mm-hmm. i love that i love we're the world that's a great song and that's a great reference but it's starting to it's starting to come back to me we'll we'll do a little bit of research and if we can find a youtube video yeah of kids singing it we'll post We'll post the Dare song. I never took the the entire Dare program, so I never got the T-shirt or anything. Oh well, they, I mean, <laughs> I only had the T-shirt because uh, we I had the song. Oh, okay, I, I was forced to sing the song, so therefore I had you know done the appropriate apparel. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. You had to perform it. You had to you had to represent. Um, we get the great line from one of the one of their fathers crying at the funeral about his son, and he says, "I love my dead gay son." Yeah, but you know that's when Jason says, "You know, how much would he love his limp-wristed son if he were alive?" True, and, and he said, "Curtin, Curtin Ram had nothing to offer the school but date rape and age date jokes. Date and age jokes." Which, yeah, he's not lying. Yeah. <laughs> But that's one thing too I love about the JD character. He's like I said, he's so evolved. Like you know, he doesn't buy into that toxic masculinity that you know that drives Ram and Kirk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because even though he's like a very he's a very masculine dude, but there's just something about him that those like a table football jocks don't like you know and he's gone he said seven school seven high schools and even this is sherwood ohio so he's sort of like the robin hood character to Mm -hmm. all of these clicks yeah interesting point but yeah he's gone from school to school so he probably gets this every time the the popular kids just like you know he's a new kid he's a weirdo so he kind of sees what's you know what the deal is with that well, you know, also, I feel like with his character, like, you know, so many times, and especially in teenage movies, you're supposed to, like, you know, meld and um, conform. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that he refuses to do that, like, so blatantly, I think that is what really drives everybody around him to, like, immediately want to come for him. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And he rides a motorcycle. <laughs> he's 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 a daredevil, mm-hmm. um, and he wears a long black duster. 
which is very specific fashion choice. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's a very sensitive subject when I was watching this yes. movie in the early 2000s. This is kind of when Veronica's like, all right. She kind of sees that this is... So we should probably set the up edge. the last act of the movie, which yeah. is about JD's master plan that he's just going to blow this place up. <laughs> you know... Uh, Heather Duke, Shannon Doherty, she's fully just like gone off the deep end. As she like, sort of replaced Heather Chandler. She's the yes. new Heather in charge. She's the new A Heather. I love kind of seeing how much fun Shannon is having playing this head bitch. Because, I mean, this yeah. is the this is why we love Brenda Walsh. Is that <laughs> Shannon is just so much fun to see play this type. That's why we love her. Oh, totally. I mean... My favorite, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun here, but my favorite part in the movie is like, you know, when Veronica's like, Heather, why are you such a mega bitch? Why can't you just be a friend? You know? <laughs> and then the slap and. Yeah. Her response, though, why are you being... <laughs> Because I can be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the entitlement. Yeah. The entitlement. Uh, and, but you're right, Scott. It's Shannon's delivery. And it's that Brenda Walsh it's of it. So all. much fun. Did you watch the <laughs> Made for Lifetime Beverly Hills 90210 movie? Because uh, the actress that they got to play Shannon was just like, it just took me back. <laughs> just when she would pull up in that car and like park in her shannon parking spot and she got out of the car with like her sunglasses <laughs> iconic i haven't seen it but i must i must watch it now yeah. i'll check it down it actually is pretty fun <laughs> and uh shannon did come back for the very brief paramount network tv show which we have yet to talk about she plays jd's mother oh the heathers Ooh. the heathers yeah. television show mm-hmm. have you guys right. watched that uh i have i feel like I have mixed feelings about it. I hated the first episode for it because it's pretty much beat for beat the movie. And then I feel like it got gradually better. Is it available anywhere? Uh, I bought it off Apple TV. Okay. It's just on demand. And then I feel like the Parkland shooting happened and then they just pulled the plug. Oh, yeah. It. yeah. Because, of course, I mean, this property is a lightning rod for yeah. today's teenagers that a yeah. lot of stuff like this is very sensitive now. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it does, it didn't really have a place on television, sadly. Well, I'm honestly not sad about that yeah. because mm-hmm. I love the movie so much that like, you know, and even with them trying to like update it and yeah. everything else that they were doing, I just, I mean, I'll watch it, but I just wasn't rooting for it to succeed. Yeah, yeah. I had mixed feelings about it. I feel like it did get better and it was kind of fun to see how they adjusted it to kind of a 2018 teenager yeah, that uh, diversifying. It was cast. all about sort of Instagram likes and postings, and the main Heather, the Heather Chandler, is like a big girl, and she just has a big like brassy, like I'm the head bitch in charge. Yeah, and she has her gay that follows her around. I mean, I can't even imagine being in high school with social media and cell phones. And what if people got my cell phone number? Oh my god, no! Like. I just can't. It's oh too much. I feel like I would just if I had a cell phone, I would just block everybody, not private number, you know. <laughs> like I just couldn't oh, too much. No, I mean I'm I'm so thankful for the time that I grew up in because yeah. I mean because all of the shit that I did would be like on Snapchat, YouTube, oh, yeah. it would be everywhere and I would have like all this incriminating evidence against oh, me yeah. about all the things I did. Yeah. So thank God. Too much, too much. 
But um, hey, we didn't have to live through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. I'm what they call an aging millennial. That when <laughs> I was in high school in the early 2000s, the internet was there, but not as sophisticated. If we had cell phones, we did not use them. Yeah. And nobody was sending text messages or anything. Yeah. I had a pager in college. I didn't have a pager in high school. I had a pager in college. And then, yeah, it took a while to get a cell phone after that. But, yeah, oh, well. Simpler time in the 80s. These kids had to pass notes and just, like, take each other's word for it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have no video evidence yeah. to back up their claims. Take yeah. lunchtime polls. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, Heather Duke is fully, she's like at her most powerful. She's running the school and she (laughs) has the red scrunchie now. Yes. Um, JD has incriminating photos of her with Martha Dunstock as a kid. And he says he's going to distribute them to the school unless she does his bidding. Yeah. Which is. Well, what is his bidding the first time? Because afterwards, that's when he says, okay, we're going to do this new poll, and I need you to get – it's not going to be a poll anymore. It's going to be a petition. That's going to be your new thing because you know, you're know you moving on and you're changing and you're evolving. So you're going to do a petition. She goes around, gets all these signatures, and everybody is signing for something different. Hot tub in the cafeteria, which I love. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Who's signing this? Um, people are shoving like wadded up gum on the petition. (laughs) And that's my thing. I'm like, if I'm going to trust teenagers with a petition that I'm taping to a chalkboard, it's just going to be like, lick my balls, baba booey, baba booey. Like, it's not going to be anything (laughs) pertinent. Complete nonsense. (laughs) Nonsense. Um, but really the petition the secret of the petition was that it was a mass suicide note from the entire school. Yeah. And he's going to blow him up at the pep rally, which I love. Because I also love. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I just, I love that montage of her trying to get all these people and, like, you know, and cut with um, this image of her, like, presiding in the school, like she's the queen, yeah. you know, Egypt. <laughs> yes. Sitting by that window. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. When she's like sunning herself. That yes. iconic like, uh-huh. window seat. That iconic Shan shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's when, that's when you know, uh, Heather and, and Veronica have this, this exchange. Why do you have to be such a mega bitch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can be. Uh, love it. I also, we don't have to talk too much about it because we have to get through the end of the movie. But mm-hmm. I love her little exchange with um, Heather McNamara. In the bathroom, where Heather is yes. going to end her life, and then just sort of Veronica has to talk some sense into her. Yes. Well, Heather calls into you know Loveline essentially. Yeah. And they all listen, and they With all the poor man. know it's her. What do they call him in the movie? Oh, I don't remember. It's just hot out. probs. Mm-hmm. Hot probs. Yeah. Hot probs. Yes, but I mean it's ve- it's very clearly it it's Loveline, Love you know. And um, Loveline was on K Rock here in L.A. at the time. Just local LA markets, and, and eventually went nationwide with Dr. Drew and all that. But um, you know, Heather Duke hears it, and she hears that it's Heather McNamara, and she's just like, "What she say? We'll crucify her!" Yeah, and she's so happy about it, and it's like, "Oh, you evil bitch! Oh my god!" <laughs> she just and she's calling, and she's like so distraught. Like obviously, she's in pain. You know. So much is going on, and the first thing that Heather thinks is like, okay, that's it. She's over. We're going to end it. 
But Veronica is just like, no. She stops her from doing it. She like tries to take all these pills in the bathroom. She stops her. She kind of has this exchange of that high school sucks. Yeah. It sucks for everyone. For everybody. We all hate it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite thing about that scene is when um, Veronica says to Heather, like, you know, if you were happy 24-7, you'd be a game show host. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nobody's happy and that, all the time. And that's honestly something that has, like, stuck with me throughout my entire life like, since I've seen the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. like, nobody's, like, you're not going to be happy 200% of the time, you know? Yeah. It's, it's impossible. Totally. Totally. That's good. good little bit of, good little nugget for everybody to keep with them, uh, you know, in the back of their mind. Keep it in your pocket. If you're happy all the time, you'd be a game show host. Um, so JD, you know, we've established that his father is in like not construction, but in like building demolition. Yeah, right. And so that's how he has access to straight up dynamite. <laughs> He's like building a bomb with dynamite, like a timer. He has skills that he's able to build this like time bomb, essentially, that he hides in the in the boiler room of this high school. Where he and Veronica have this like massive this showdown showdown where she shoots yeah. off his finger. Oh my god! Oh my god. I love that. He's I love like... how this scene is being cut together <laughs> with the pep rally too. Yeah, very it's cool. very effective. It's very good filmmaking. I have to say, the cheerleading outfits at Westerberg High are so like uh, what's the word? They're not like super revealing, but they're just so like. I don't know, provocative, something about them. They're like a, a halter mock turtleneck. They don't leave a lot to the imagination. Yeah, the, I don't know. There's just something about these that these cheerleading uniforms that I was just like, whoa, those are super like, I don't know, a little too sexy for high school students. <laughs> well, I think they changed like the style of cheerleading skirts because those ones were like full on pleated skirts. You could yeah. see everything when they get a kick or whatever. Now they're more like, stationary where they're kind of a-line cut oh okay and then you wear like you know the whatever underwear under yeah they wear like uh they're bloomers they're bloomers or or like a volleyball short like a boy short is what the 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 kids are wearing these days yeah yeah but um yeah the there's very good editing in in this last scene of of the showdown and and the pep rally and um yeah she when he he flips her off she shoots the gun (laughs) blows off his finger it's crazy she shoots jd like three times yeah and you know he does this thing where like he hits the the bomb or he sticks a knife into it or something and it just kind of like breaks and stops so she doesn't have to like disarm it or whatever but when she goes out onto the steps at the end and she like looks so beat up and you're just like wow she looks crazy but then he comes out again after he's been shot like three times. This is his, like his Jason Voorhees. He's coming back for one last, yeah, one last battle. Yeah, you know they have this this final final showdown on the steps of the school where he's got now he's got the bomb strapped to his chest, and you know he he blows it up. Heather or uh, Veronica lights herself a cigarette. I feel like this <laughs> this moment's kind of having a comeback in 2020 because I've been seeing a lot of memes of you've been to hell, just got back. And it's Veronica, oh, yeah. with, it's with, a Veronica with a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's clever because she takes the cigarette out of her ma- out of her pack, puts it in her mouth right before the bomb goes off, and then afterwards, as the smoke is clearing, the cigarette's lit. Yeah, that's like, oh my gosh, so great! I love that yeah. genius. 
and she just looks crazy. Like, just like she's been through it. Um, she takes the scrunchie. Yeah. Well, she confronts on Heather in the hallway. Yeah. And she's like, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> takes the scrunchie, regains the power. Yeah. Reclaims the power. Takes it right off her head. And I like the ending of Heather's as compared to Mean Girls. I love Mean Girls, but at the ending of Mean Girls, it's like everybody's changed. Everybody, like, accepts each other now. Yeah. And now it's like Veronica has, and that's what's most important. That she doesn't really care about clicks or anything. She's just fine with staying home on Homecoming and renting movies with Martha. Like, yeah. that's perfectly okay with her. And in Heather's mind, or in Veronica's mind, she's the head bitch in charge of the school, and she's fine with it. Yeah. I love that. It's very empowering. Yes, I agree. I didn't, because, yeah, you know, I mean, well, Mean Girls was supposed to be like, you know, it's a different, different time. Different tone. Different, yeah. different yeah. tone, yeah. Different type but, of movie, um, definitely. Yeah. But um, I do love the fact that it's just like Veronica basically stated her, her claim and yeah. she gives no fucks. This yeah. is Veronica's journey. Yeah. I hope, I just hope that they, that she thinks to invite Betty Finn yeah. to this. Uh, oh, I'm sure she will. Take this a movie whole, night. Make a whole evening of it. Yeah. Unless Betty Finn finally gets a date. Then I'd let her go to the dance. <laughs> Betty Finn, played by Emilio Estevez's sister. Emilio and Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen's Charlie sister. Charlie Sheen's sister. Yeah. She's so cute. Renee. She is cute. Renee Estevez, I think is her I name. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, she is very cute. I love her. She's got the big glasses. Did you guys recognize her from um, Single White Female? I was, I was, was going to say, she's in a brief scene of Single White Female. She's doing one of the roommate interviews. And I always feel like she's going to have a callback. In single white female, but they never yeah. bring her back. <laughs> yeah, no, no, totally. Because she was supposed to be the main roommate, right? Yeah, she and was then, like the good one. She was like the one that she was like, oh, okay, this one works. I can, I can, I can see myself living with her. And then Hedra comes in. <laughs> Don't even get me started on, on Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> Fucking Hedra. Fucking Hedra. <laughs> Fucking Hedra. I don't know if that haircut works on anybody, but on the two of them, hey. <laughs> hey, no, it, it worked. And they're both like, aren't they like about a foot difference in height? They're a very different body type, height, everything. <laughs> everything. But um, yeah, so do you have any uh, final thoughts on Heather's, um, how it holds up all these years later? Well, I mean, it's a completely, it's, it's in my mind, it's a, it's in a time capsule and it will mm-hmm. never not hold up to me. Yeah. But obviously, I'm, I wonder what somebody watching it today with fresh eyes who'd never seen it before would think, because yes. that would be really interesting, because obviously this is such a part of my childhood, this movie, and I've carried it through my adulthood now. So I'd be really curious to see what somebody who is completely, you know, not indoctrinated into the Heather's realm yeah. like us would think about it. But But I would say it holds up. Yeah. As long as you can just overlook all of like the deaths and the teenage suicide, <laughs> <laughs> basically the entire movie, <laughs> right? It's always on streaming. Like it's either on Netflix, it's on Amazon Prime and Hulu, so it's always available for mm-hmm. high schoolers to discover. And especially with streaming culture, that teenagers don't rent movies anymore; they find anything that's streaming. So I yeah. bet that teenagers have discovered this movie recently because it's always just available. Well, mm. I think Winona Ryder was having a moment with younger oh, kids. yes, with Stranger you know, Things. With Stranger Things. And, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And we have uh, friends with kids who are, you know, preteens and obsessed with Stranger Things. And they said, oh, we showed them 
was it Beetlejuice? I think they it was said, Little Women. Little Women. Yeah. To say, oh, that's that's the mom from the train. And and the daughter was gagged. 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 She Ooh. was just like, that's the mom from Stranger. Because <laughs> <laughs> she looks so – she's run ragged on that show. You mm-hmm. know, she's just like this blue-collar broad. Always, always destroying that house to try to find her son. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I think now maybe kids might – when they kind of realize that she was – I mean, to me, she was the one in the 80s. No, totally. It was I mean, I was going to say, I wanted to end kind of briefly talking about Winona because yeah. she's such a huge part of us as moviegoers yeah. growing up because there's no one like her yeah. in the early 90s, right after this movie came out, that there yeah. wasn't a lot of uh, young people that could carry movies. Winona Ryder was always at the top of the list of yeah. if you're making a movie about a young person, she was usually the first person that would be cast. Whether it be like Bram Stoker's Dracula, Little Women, Reality Bites. Like, there just wasn't anybody like her. I mean, earlier in the 80s, you kind of had your Molly Ringwald. But how many Oscar nominations did Winona Ryder get? Two. By the, two. That's, uh, Age of Innocence yeah. and uh, Little Women. Yeah. She was doing period costume movies. You know, she was doing, like, kooky comedies. She was and also everything. in an iconic relationship with Johnny Depp at the time. <gasps> oh, my goodness. That those were the two. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, the, and there was something about Winona, like, just, she just has this tiny little pixie face. She's just this small little girl. She, she's got dark hair. Yeah. You know, that was something that was kind of big for, you know, She spoke the for a generation. Yeah. So she was, she was it. She was, uh, you know, she really is a, a singular, like, actress in that respect because, you know, the time of her, her fame, she was, you know, um, Wendy Williams always says, um, an unusual beauty or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She would, definitely was not like a cookie cutter blonde. Oh, no. Yeah. California chick that was like prevalent at that time. Mm-hmm. But so beautiful though. Like, no, totally. Yeah. In her own way, in her yeah. own special way. Yeah. Even from, even from, uh, I don't know if it's her first movie, but definitely one of her earliest movies in Lucas. Uh, Lucas. Yeah. You oh know, yeah. She's got that mm-hmm. short little pixie cut and she's just like, she's just a, she's just stunning. I love her. I mean, I was really happy when stranger things came along and she was mm-hmm. the top build star of that show. Cause I even remember when they announced that mm-hmm. like years ago, like a good while before it actually premiered that Winona writer attached to Netflix show. Like that yeah. was the first thing I remember reading and I remember just thinking, like, fuck yeah. That's what Winona Ryder deserves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After, I feel like her big comeback, to us at least, was probably Black Swan. Sure. Where and, we were just like, oh, wow, there she is. And it's kind of built into that character that she was once mm-hmm. a beauty, this great dancer. And yeah. then she just sort of fell from grace and age just sort of caught up to her and mm-hmm. no one wanted to cast her anymore. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, she had a moment with Stranger Things, and hopefully she'll get she'll get more work. She will. Yeah, she did that uh, romantic comedy with Keanu. Did anybody see that Destination Wedding? It was cute. <laughs> I I, saw I it. tried, could not. It was fine. <laughs> it's very much it. like Before Sunrise Junior, but I enjoyed sure, it because sure. I just liked seeing those two together. Yeah, um, okay. I mean, she's like Norma Desmond. She doesn't need a comeback. <laughs> That's true. I hate that word. It's return. <laughs> Winona Ryder needs a, another. Gr- great return yeah 
Something bigger than Stranger Things. I mean, Stranger Things was big, but big for her. Like, she got a globe domination for it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, like we said, this movie is streaming on Amazon Prime and Hulu. So uh, if you're listening and don't know how to get a hold of it, you can watch it there on one of those two, or you can just rent it online. But it's pretty much uh, available. We definitely recommend Abiding Satire. It. It's so good. Yes. Keep in mind, if you've never seen it before, it's satire. Satire. <laughs> in the very sense of the word. Yes. Look but, up satire in the dictionary and you'll find a picture of Veronica Sawyer there. <laughs> yes, but very of its time. Super 80s. Love it. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Yes, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for reaching out. I'm glad that we finally worked out an episode recording. I love it. Thanks, you guys. It's been so much fun. And like I've never had the pleasure or the opportunity to like talk about this movie in depth. <laughs> so... I love it. It's been a huge gift. This is like Christmas came early for me. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Well, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much. And uh, we would love to have you on in the future. We'll talk about that off mic. But um, this has been a blast. Great. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. We will uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Good night, buddy. And thank you, everybody, for listening. That was another one in the can. Yeah. We love Heathers. We love Heathers. And we're going to be coming up on our two Christmas episodes. (gasps) Very exciting. Love Christmas episodes. We love Christmas movies in general. Oh, we have to watch a Christmas movie, like, multiple times a week in December. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like Halloween where we watch one Christmas movie a night. But um, it's time to uh, wrap it up. So we have some Patreon shout-outs before we uh, say our goodbyes for the we evening. We love Patreon shout-outs. Yes, indeed. Uh, www.patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for lots of fun additional content. Ooh, we've got to go film some additional Patreon content. As yes, soon we as do. We finish this. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we would like to say hello hello. To some, of our pa- hello some of our patrons. Genevieve Thomas, Don McBride, Josh Clement, Emily Milley, Aaron Bent, Melinda and Jim Shirley, Jessica, Torres, John Miller, Nick Thomas, Christine Asher, Rafina Kabong, and Mitch Ralston. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> we would love it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Give us five stars and write us a good review. It always helps. Something. It's tracking. Algorithms. Algorithms. We love it. Algorithms, man. <laughs> and we love it when we get, like, good reviews. We haven't had a review in a while. Yeah. I want to read one on the air next time. Oh, write us a review, you guys. Please. But, um, yeah, go ahead and uh, follow us there. Instagram and Facebook, at Movies That Made Us Gay. And on Twitter, at MTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Peter Lasagna. You can find me on Instagram at Scott Youngballer and Oscar Scott, Oscar Scott on Twitter and just Scott Youngballer on Letterboxd. Awesome. So cool. We'll go and find us there. We will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Who the f- is here that I don't want to know?